following is a presentation of the Connection Church, a place where people are being set free. If you'd like to know more information about our community, you can join us online at ConnectionChurchNC.com. Many of you in this room that you've been here since day one, and, and you call Connection Church home, and I just want to say thank you. And God bless you. There's some of you that maybe you're venturing into this place. You've heard, some, you've heard something in the community. You've seen some stuff on Facebook. You, and you just wanted to come check this place out and see what God was up to. Because you know um, that it's far beyond Pastor Scott or Pastor Bradley. And so I just need to say a few things moving forward. Because we typically don't sit up here and talk about numbers like that. But, man, we've got to cast vision at some point. And we figured that Sunday morning with everybody here was as good a time as any. But I just want you to know that as we move forward this year, and we have no idea what God has in store for us. Is it going to be scary at times? Probably. Is it going to be difficult at times? Absolutely. But, man, I am excited and I, am, I, I cannot wait to see what this year holds. There's a few things that I want you to know right out of the gate. Is that what God is requiring of us is going, man, it's going to take big faith. We're not going to be afraid to venture out into the unknown. We're not going to be afraid to go out into uncharted territory. You know, there's going to be some doors that are shut that God is going to ask us to walk through. And just to be honest with you, we're not going to know what's on the other side of them. But we're not going to be afraid to step out in faith because that's what God's calling us to do. We're probably going to make some mistakes along the way. We're probably going to mess up. But we're not going to try to cover it up. We're not going to try to, uh, well, we're not going to try to be perfect because we're not. We're not going to fake it like we are perfect. What we're going to continue to do is be real. And over the last several months, if, if there's one thing that we have heard that I would love to celebrate and I celebrate our staff, and I say this with all humility. The one thing that I love to hear about this place is that, man, it is just a bunch of real people. We're going to continue to be real no matter what comes our way. You know, I know some people aren't going to like what we're doing. I know that. Listen, I hear some of the comments but I also know that our purpose cannot change no matter what projects are coming our way. Church, just because we are now in the process of a building project, our purpose cannot change. You see, we share the exact same purpose as Jesus. The scripture says that Jesus came to seek and to save the lost you see there on the screen, it says Connection Church. It says where people are being set free. 
Listen, that does not change us. Our purpose is as clear and defined today as it ever has been. And nothing's going to change that. So no matter what comments come, no matter how foolish we may look when we mess up, if our purpose is accomplished and we see one person or a thousand people set free through the power of the Holy Spirit, I am okay with a little criticism. I'm even okay with looking a little bit foolish. You see, our purpose here at this place, our purpose is people. And that's something that can't ever change. You see, that was Jesus' purpose. It was the whole reason for him coming to this earth. It was to be with people. And so this morning, if maybe you're already, your time limit's already up, because I know sometimes I have about 20 minutes when I'm sitting in church. I wish they would just get to the point. Here's the point for this morning. We just talked about building a building. We just talked about this grand plan. But the point is this, this morning, is that Jesus left the building. And the reason that he left the building was because of the people. People were Jesus' purpose. I'm just going to ask you, would you pray with me this morning? Hey, Jesus, I know this is a lot to take in. But God, I think it's a phenomenal way to start off this new year with a vision and with a goal and with a target in mind. And God, I know this. But Lord, I pray that these people will understand this as well. God, that if you do not show up in this, God, we might as well go home and lock these doors and never return here. Because God, you are the reason we do all of this. May we follow Jesus' example. May we take Jesus to the people. This community is full of people, Jesus, that need to experience your touch and your love and your compassion and your grace. And God, your plan is for us to carry it to the people. And so God, I just pray that in everything we do, with everything that we do, that the people who your son Jesus came to seek and to save are our focus. And God, we can't do that without you. Holy Spirit, will you please continue to blow our minds? 
And I promise that everything will be pointed to your son, Jesus. Every person that you bring into our midst, we will point them to Jesus. And we will give you 100% of the praise. For it's in your name we pray these things. Amen. And amen. You guys okay? You okay? Man, I knew it was going to be this way, but we're going to get rocking here in just a second. Listen, I'm not a New Year's resolution type of guy. Any New Year's resolutions made in this place? Raise your hand and don't be ashamed of it. Any, yeah, a couple? Well, good. Um, probably give you a couple of weeks. I hate to burst your bubble, but that's just the way it is. I will pray for you if I don't forget, all right? Um, I just don't make New Year's resolutions. But listen, where we're going this morning for about the next 20 to 25 minutes, can you hang in there with me for about 25 minutes? This means yes. Can you hang in there with me for 25 more minutes? Is where we're going this morning and our focus this morning, man, if we can truly make this a matter of our life, I can almost guarantee you that it will change your life And not only will 2014, but the rest of your life will be greater than you could have ever imagined. What we're going to talk about here for just the next few minutes is greater than any New Year's resolution that you could ever dream up. So hold on with me and let's just go. Why are we talking about the gospel You see, the gospel is uh, basically made up of the first four books of the Bible. Over the next few weeks, this is where we're going to be venturing because we truly believe that our new identity is found in Jesus Christ. And there's no better place to find out who Jesus is, what his characteristics are, his personality, his traits. There's no better place than the gospel's. Those first four books of the Bible are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This morning, our time we're going to spend in Mark, okay? You see, actually, Mark was written first. I don't know why it's second in the Bible. I can't figure that one out. I guess it sounds better than Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. I don't know. But Mark was written first. And today, we're going to dive into Mark chapter 2. So if you're in your Bible, you go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 2. Because we learned something about Jesus here. That church, we've got to share in his passion and his purpose. And I've already said it here this morning that Jesus' purpose was to seek and to save the lost. That was his purpose. And we share in that purpose, church. But for some reason, for some reason... The church, and listen, I am guilty of this, and what I'm going to be sharing with you comes from personal experience. I am as guilty as anyone in this room of not carrying out that purpose. Man, I know Jesus' purpose, and I know the church's purpose, but there's just something that gets in the way of us carrying it out. You see, I love the church. I do, man. And I love people who love the church. But man, I understand people who don't love the church. I understand them. Because they look at us, the church, 
And they see us trying to accomplish something that we cannot do from right here in this building. I believe that there are people inside the church all across the world, some unbelievably loving and great people are in churches this very moment that this world needs to meet. But we're trying to accomplish our purpose in seeking the people from the confines of this building. And that just doesn't make sense. And so I will tell you why many of the people who don't come to a church, why they have trouble with us, is because we do not make sense to them. And church, we've got to change that. You see, that's what Jesus came for. And Jesus changed that. You see, in Mark chapter 2, verse 13, I want you to see these two words. It says, once again, Jesus went out. If you have a Bible and you take notes and you have a little pen and paper, I'd love for you just to write that down or underline those two words in your Bible. Because I could stop the message right here and focus the rest of our time on those two words. Jesus went out. Doesn't mean that he went out with his friends. It doesn't mean he went out on a date. It doesn't mean he went out to hang out on the town. It means that he went out to be with the people. Because he had to accomplish his purpose. Jesus could have gone anywhere and set up the greatest looking, greatest feeling, Greatest sounding. Can you imagine what the church building could have looked like that Jesus could have built? But instead it says Jesus went out. Because that's where the people were. And Jesus was about his purpose. So why? And that's not that difficult, is it? Every single one of us in this room would say, no, Scott, that's not that difficult. But listen, we rack our brains. We read books. We go to conferences. We sit and have roundtable discussions over why can we not get this? And man, we can come up with thousands upon thousands of reasons why. We try to stay in the confines of a building to achieve our purpose. This morning, for time's sake, I just want to hit three real quickly. Just three. And I truly believe that this first one, I know for myself, is absolutely true. It's because when we get out with the people, the ones that are our purpose, man, it can get a little bit uncomfortable. When we sort of go out and try to take some light to people who are in darkness, and when we go out to the hurting, 
when we go out to the sick and the dying. And it makes me sometimes uncomfortable. I remember back in 2009 in October, it was the last time I've been on a mission trip out of the country. I went to Guyana. And I saw things in Guyana, South America, that I had only heard about and read about and seen on TV shows like National Geographic and those type of things. Listen, I had heard stories, and I had even been on other mission trips. But what I saw back in October of 2009, it broke me. I saw children running through the streets with no clothes on, not because it was hot and they wanted to be naked. I mean, that's what my kids do. They want to be naked, but these kids were running through the streets naked because they had no clothes. I was this close. I was two feet away from an elderly man who had some kind of disease. And I'm sure that he may have died before we even got on a plane to come back home. I saw these so-called homes that were literally made out of cardboard boxes. You want to talk about uncomfortable. We come home, and for a couple of weeks, every night that I would lay down to go to sleep, when I would close my eyes to try to go to sleep, I would start to see some of those faces. I would see some of those images of those children who had absolutely nothing. I would see that man's face, and I can still see it right now, who was dying. I could see where those people were trying to sleep. And I was there in my comfort. A few more weeks passed. And guess what else passed? My uncomfort. It wasn't just because, you know, I got hard-hearted. It wasn't because I did not love Jesus. It wasn't because I totally forgot about my friends in Guyana. No, it was because I was removed from them. And the smells, if you've ever been overseas or anywhere out of this country, and you've been on a mission trip, you know what poverty smells like, don't you? You see, the smell, it went away. And the sounds, they went away. The sights, they just weren't as vivid. And I returned to being comfortable. 
Hey, church, we have to be about the people that Jesus has sent our way. And you better believe that if we're going to be on purpose, then we're going to have to get a lot more uncomfortable than this. You see, the gospel says that Jesus, he was constantly finding himself. Actually, he was always putting himself in situations where he was uncomfortable. But that's what he was about. It says here in Mark chapter 2, verse 13, Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. Verse 14, it says, As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Let me just stop right there. Listen, man, y'all smile and take a deep breath, because y'all are way too serious here this morning. All right? Man. Woo! I hope you enjoy reading Scripture. Listen, I think sometimes we just get so tense when we read scripture and this is a fun and this is fun to read when i'm reading this been reading this for a couple of weeks let me just let you know what's in my mind and what it looks like because you got this the preacher man you know all the greek and the hebrew and all that no i barely know english but this is what happens when i read scripture you ready for this I read this and I'm reading about Jesus walking along and he sees Levi, whose name is really Matthew, and he's sitting at his tax collector's booth. This is the image that I think of. That's him. Listen, you know, you guys have to have fun reading scripture. If we're ever going to understand more about who Jesus is, man, we're going to have to read what he did. And so have fun with this stuff. That's just the way my mind works. That's Levi sitting at his tax collector's booth, all right? Don't judge me. You can't do that, all right? But he's sitting there, and he calls Levi, and he says, Hey, Levi, you come follow me, and that's what Levi does. Look at verse 15. You don't talk about uncomfortable. It says Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, and many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. Guys, can I just let you in on a little something here? Eating together back then is not what it is like here today. Like if you go eat with me at East Coast Wings, we're going to suck down about 40 wings and we're going to hit the road to the next thing. It's going to be short and sweet and to the point. But eating together back then, man, it meant a whole lot. There's two things that I want to point out here about Jesus getting uncomfortable at this dinner table. Yeah, there were tax collectors who were looked upon as basically dirt. And then it says in here that there were also sinners sitting there with Jesus. So I want you to imagine this big dinner table. They're all sitting there eating together. And Jesus is a Jew. And around this table, there probably were other, well, let's say religions. 
There were other probably races. And just because of that purpose, because of that reason, Jesus at that moment would have been considered ceremonially unclean just because of who he was eating with. But I love the fact that Jesus took that notion and threw it out the window. You see, in week three of this series, we're going to look at the fact that the gospel says that Jesus did not discriminate. And listen, neither are we. I don't care the color of your skin. I don't care where you came from. I don't care your zip code. I don't care who your employer is or if you are the boss. Jesus did not discriminate. And neither are we. Oh yeah, we may get called something. We may say, or they may say something. But can I tell you, that's exactly what they did with Jesus. And he did not let that deter him from his purpose. The second thing that we need to understand about this eating together stuff is that eating together back in Jesus' day was the second most intimate thing that you could do with a person. The first was have sex with them. The second was to go and eat with them. And Jesus was so much about these people. He was so much about his purpose that he didn't care where they had come from. He did not care what they had done the day before. He knew that they were part of his purpose and nothing was going to stop him from being with them. The second reason I think we struggle with being on purpose is that I think in some kind of sick and twisted and yet sinful way, we actually enjoy watching people get what they deserve. Let me just set the scene for you. You're sitting in your living room and you're watching the evening news and the news report comes on and they show the news report of all of the very innocent victims who lost their life. And the guilty party is caught. What comes to your mind? Even worse yet, what do you, what do you say? I've been guilty of saying things like this. Why well, I hope they get what they deserve. Throw them under the jail, right? But not Jesus. Not Jesus. Jesus went and ate with the sinners. And it wasn't the fact that the Pharisees who condemned Jesus, 
It wasn't that they would never have gone and eaten with those sinners. No, they would have eventually eaten with them. But only after those sinners would have cleaned up their act, and after those sinners would have started to follow the Pharisees' rules, then and only then would they have had the meal together. But not Jesus. You see, Jesus went and ate with them before they ever started to have any life change. And what we've got to understand as we go to the people... If we're on purpose, we've got to stop expecting the people who God has placed in our path. We've got to stop expecting them to act like us. Actually, God, help us that they don't act like us. But may they start to resemble more of Jesus. And we've got to stop condemning them. And we've got to stop secretly wanting the guilty to get what they deserve. Listen, here, we're going to show more grace because I believe that God will do a great job in taking care of the judging. You see, every one of us sitting in this room, we've been shown that grace. And now it's our turn to take it and show it to others. Third, real quickly, this is the easiest one. I don't even have to spend any time on this one. Third one is this. For some reason, man, we love to stay separate because it makes it so easy for us to compare If I'm over here doing a little bit of good and you're over there doing, well, your thing, it's easy for me to say, well, look at what they're doing. At least I'm not doing that. Can you believe what they said? And basically, this is so true. And it's sad that it is still present today. That there is a we versus them mentality. It's we versus them. Listen, the church is as guilty as anyone at this, but not Jesus. You see, Jesus went into every situation not wanting to condemn, not wanting to point a finger, but Jesus went into every situation not thinking that he was better than them. But Jesus went into every situation wanting something better for them. You see, that's what he said in this passage. He said to those Pharisees who were condemning him for eating with the people. He said, listen, guys, don't you understand That it's not the healthy who need a doctor. He said, but it's the sick. Listen, Jesus said, I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. 
And if Jesus, if he was locked up in his sanctuary, how in the world was he ever going to get out to the people? I don't know about you, but I am so thankful that Jesus left the building. And I'm thankful that Jesus pursued someone like me. I'm thankful that Jesus stayed on purpose. I want you to take a look at this video. Have you ever considered this? Jesus left heaven in all of its splendor and all of its majesty to come down here and join us in our mess. The Bible says that Jesus is God, but Jesus didn't let that go to his head. No, actually what Jesus did is he took on the likings of a servant so that he could be with others. Jesus was the king of all kings. When he came from heaven, he could have set himself up in any sanctuary and found serenity there. But instead, he chose to place himself here on the streets with all the others, just like you and I. Where the hurting and where the dying, where the sick, where the lame and where the lepers were. Jesus knew that there was no way that any one of us could ever go to where he was without him first coming here. Jesus left heaven, and it was for our own good. Jesus' focus was not on his fame, and it wasn't on his comfort. No, Jesus' focus was on others. In 1910, General William Booth, founder of the Salvation Army, was unable to attend the year-end convention due to his old age and his declining health. So instead of addressing the crowd of thousands in person, he sent his message via telegram to be read at the opening session there in London, England. His message was simple, and it only contained one word. His message was, Others. knew that he could not reach others from the confines of a building. That's why Jesus left the building and so were we. I'm just going to ask you just to stand with me and you pray with me because the message is simple. Our purpose is clear. And God, we need your help to stay on purpose. God, there's going to be so many distractions. But God, will you break our heart because the message and the purpose is far greater than any project will ever be. God, 
God, I pray for every one of these people today. God, I know that you've laid on the hearts of many. You've laid others on their hearts. And God, I'm going to ask you to impress upon them, not me. Lord, just to break their life for the life that you have put in front of them. And God, will you challenge them daily to see and to check themselves? Are they willing to go the distance for others? Are they willing to give up their life to see another life come to your son, Jesus? God, help us to stay on purpose. And God, may we always remember that we're not trying to bring people to connection, but we're living in such a way that we bring people to Christ. To God be the glory.